Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Hour two on a breaking, news-breaking edition of the Sports Complex. Some big news coming out today. A little bit on my drive to work, and then during that first segment, you guys on the text line holding it up, bringing it, uh, let, making sure to let me know that we have uh, some breaking news coming out with Nick Saban's retirement. Man, we'll get more into that. We'll get into the stepping down of Pete Carroll as well, another uh, Hall of Fame coach. We'll get into that as well. We'll talk some more about Bo Davis, the defensive coordinator for Texas, taking another job. We'll get into that. We'll get into the coaching carousel in the NFL. We'll get into some uh, maybe a little playoff predictions. And Micah Parsons maybe just got some more locker room material, some more uh, some more material to get him pissed off before the game, so they're going to have to hold him a little bit more. Hold him back. We'll get into all that, of course, more of your text messages. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number for you guys uh, to join the show. Uh, back on the text line, uh, how do you consider, how do you fill a coaching position when every candidate is going to be a downgrade? Look, it happens. That's what happens when they when people step down. We look Michigan. Report. Everyone's assuming that Jim Harbaugh is going to be losing Michigan as well. You could have two teams in the playoffs that are both going to be losing head coaches uh, in Alabama and Michigan. We figure Kalen DeBoer is going to stay, but man, maybe Kalen DeBoer go gets one of these jobs. Do the job he's doing at Washington. Maybe he goes somewhere else where he can get bigger players instead of doing the rebuild in Washington. Who knows? Kalen DeBoer may want to make, take a chance. Someone gave that buyout from Washington. But two of the teams, and, and look, Texas is going to have to, you know, they're in contract negotiations with Sark. All talks were that they're they're talking to Sark to give him a contract extension after getting to the college football playoffs, and that's saving retirement news. I mean, that 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 ups the price because now there's, there's other bidders, and, and we know that even if Alabama wouldn't have gone for him or if Alabama has somebody else in mind, you know, a Dabo Sweeney is definitely a name that's going to come up as an Alabama guy that you think that he may be somebody who has national championship experience, who's a proven good recruiter, you know, in I think they're going to have to have a conversation with him about NIL and transfer portal and be like, bro, you need to get on board with this stuff because that's how Nick Saban won. He won, he won, he, you know, he understood. But I'm sure Nick Saban got a conversation with him. I don't think Nick Saban's leaving Alabama necessarily. I think he's stepping down from the team, but he probably he'll probably still be involved with someone in there 16 years he has been at Alabama. Took the job there in 2017. Uh, 2007, sorry. Misspoke there. 2007. Uh, back on the text line. Average Joe. Uh, sorry about that. Don't need to be sorry. I appreciate you guys on the text line letting me know uh, that that was there. 
Uh, Texter says, let's be real. Texas basketball won last night because Cincinnati couldn't shoot free throws. That's a bad take. Uh, I don't know. Look, I get it. You can be mad about it if you don't want to be. The reason they won is because Dylan DeSue went off. That's the reason they won. Uh, if you want to go into they missed a lot of free throws, they missed six. They missed seven. They missed seven free throws. They went eight for 15 from free throws. They missed seven. Three of those were Victor Locken. He's a seven-footer. Uh, Jameel Reynolds missed two more. So that's, that's five of your seven that were missed by guys that are over six foot, that are like six foot 11. Uh, Aziz Benango, who's also six foot 11, missed another. So six of your seven miss, misses on the free throw line were for guys six eleven and over. If you're going to put a bunch of guys who are really tall and you want to play a physical style of basketball and you want to get under the post and you want to bump guys around and you're going to get fouls called, that's going to be part of it. You're going to miss free throws. Those guys traditionally don't shoot free throws well. So that is part of Cincinnati. They're not a great free throw shooting team because the guys are big. They use a lot of big guys. Big guys don't shoot free throws. Dylan DeSue won the game. If you want to be a hater just to be a hater, be a hater. But go on the text line and say, I don't like Texas basketball. I don't, I'm not rooting against them this year to prove my point that they're no good. I hope they lose every game. Say that. But if you're going to say they lost because of free throws, then look at the numbers. They lost because six of the seven missed free throws were from big guys. That's the reason they had the edge. If you want to make better free throws, you put in guys that are shooters instead of brutes and big guys in the middle, which is what they did, which is how they rebound, which is how they play. But that's, it's just not, it's not to say that that's the reason. That's the only reason. That's okay. That the 50% of basketball games are decided because guys miss free throws and that's it. And why even play the games? Let's do a free throw shooting contest. We all walk away. I know it's an overreaction, but I just don't like that. The negative, uh, the negativity of a pop out that you just had to put in there because he sent it to the morning show too. And I see that. Look, I I know there's a lot of people that are out for this Texas basketball team. A lot of people that don't like Rodney Terry for God knows what reason. The man took him to an elite eight last year. The man won the Big Twelve last year. Gets zero respect from a lot of people. I don't know why. So I defend him because I I think he's a good guy. He's he's always been a good guy to me. Uh, you know, I've I've seen what he's done coaching. I've seen what he means to these kids. And I've seen what he does coaching. I see. The, I saw the changes he made. I saw the changes he made that he saw all of his players get into foul trouble in the first half. And it's not just him. The whole coaching staff does this. But they start to front up more on the defensive end. And they, get, they stop getting into so much foul trouble. No one fouls out of that game for Texas when they had multiple guys getting into foul trouble early in that game. Those coaching changes. Those are coaching changes. So, I, I look, if you, don't, if you just want to hate on Texas, just hate on Texas. That's fine. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come in here and just let you oh they do miss they, seven footers miss free throws. That's the problem. If you're gonna try and put out a six eleven and a seven footer on your starting lineup, you're gonna miss some free throws. Just are. Uh Saban and the defensive line coach confirmed. <laughs> uh yes. Uh Bo Davis, if you're beating the defensive line coach, that is confirmed. And Saban is not confirmed, I believe. That Bo Davis, uh Bo Davis also resetting. Bo Davis is headed to LSU. He's taking the job. Uh, for what people are saying, the money is a little bit better than Texas was paying him. They probably could have matched. Uh, reports were that talks have broken down between uh, LSU and, and Bo Davis. But at some point this week, the talks re- re- started, restarted, and uh, the money got up some. And there's also talk that his son, uh, Bo, spelled B-E-A-U, Bo Davis, uh, is right now at a junior college and trying to transfer up to a bigger school. Uh, he really wants to coach his son, and apparently LSU was going to be able to take an easier route to give him that. Brian Kelly was making it a point to do that. Bo Davis can go back home, be with more family, and coach his son, which is, I understand that. 
that if that's the, the melting point of, yeah, you're going to give me another quarter of a million dollars and I get to coach my son, which is what I want to do, and I'm helping my son get into a better school than where he's at right now and help him make connections at an LSU where his father was a good player. And even if he doesn't become a great player, the, I know what the, the the school can do for him. And, yes, Texas could have done that. I don't know if Texas, he was getting into Texas right away. That was some of the stuff. None of it's clear enough of why he wasn't going to get into Texas right away. So I don't want to speculate anything and, and put any ill will on the uh, and put any bad words on the on the kid. Uh, but they were saying at earliest it would have been May, and apparently it seems to be sooner uh, for tech uh, for what LSU can do to bring in his son, and that's what Bo Davis wanted. I get that. So Bo Davis is moving on. Uh, of course, a great coach for Texas. Uh, what he meant to Texas and and bringing in uh, what he you know the turnaround with Byron Murphy, the turnaround with Devondre Sweat uh, to have those guys playing at such a high level. Uh, you wonder now with Alfred Collins, some of these recruits, uh, what the decision will be there for those guys. But as you know, this is all news coming out, and of course, a big news breaking then is Saban retires. You mentioned that one of the names that Texas has looked at before, before they got Bo Davis at defensive line coach, was Freddie Roach uh, from Alabama. But now with Saban retiring, that may be an option again now. And you're talking about another really good coach, so that is someone to talk about. Uh, another texter says potentially controversial opinion. Sark's stats to Texas is better. It's a better job than Alabama when you consider the financial resources, NIL boosters. No, I agree hundred percent. I think it's now that's a dual edged sword though. That's a dual edged sword. When you talk about the better job is that, and it depends on where you're at. So if you're Nick Saban, Alabama's great because you have the guys and they will do what Nick Saban says. So he doesn't necessarily have to fight with the boosters a lot. Where at Texas, these boosters have been around longer than any of these coaches and they want to have a say in certain things and they, you know, and look, they make the they make the world go round, so they get to have a say in certain things and and they want to be brought into meetings and they want to be brought into things. They're paying a lot of money to get these players, they're paying a lot of money to get the resources and the buildings and everything else. I can't fault them for it for wanting what they get. Uh, so if we look at it that way, Texas, there is a dual edge of, okay, as much as I'm going to have to, you know, as much as I don't have to beg, steal and borrow to get all the money I need to put all this together, the resources may be more abundant. There's plenty of resources, Alabama too. And if you're Nick Saban, man, you, you can, you can go ahead and get whatever you want. Uh, is it true that Bo Davis is leaving for LSU? How bad is this? If true, yes, it is true. Uh, LSU has already put it out on their social media that he is coming. Uh, it, it's not good. It depends on who you hire, though. You know, if you're able to bring in someone else, we know Sark has gone in and, you know, they bring in Brennan Marion, a wide receiver, the wide receivers coach. It doesn't quite work out. Uh, he moves on. They And, we you know, you're talking about Xavier Worthy and then Adam, and, and there's a lot of worry about that wide receiver room. And they bring in Chris Jackson. And we see what happened to that wide receiver room grow even more this season. Uh, so they went to the NFL and got a guy. There's a lot of options that they'll look at. And, and Sark has been really good at hiring coaches so far. So it, it is, it's, it's a big blow today. But who knows where we'll end up in a week or two uh, if we get there. Coach Red Boyo. I don't know who we're talking about there. I don't know if that was a uh, text to... Text to the speech would be perfect for Bama. I don't know that. <laughs> My man Joe from Brody Lane says, uh, breaking uh, Bruce Castleberry to interview for the Alabama head coaching job. Uh, yes, and I'm not going to say he's a part. Bruce Castleberry, a guitar player. He's called into the show before. Joe, 
he's called into the show before. Uh, I don't think he's going to be interviewing for that head coach position. I, something tells me. Something tells me. I've already texted with him today. I've already texted with him. I don't think he's had. I think he doesn't believe it yet. I'm not sure if he believes it yet. Uh, we texted one because Dylan D balled, up, balled out. I agree, WPI parts guy. I agree with you. Dylan DeSue played a great game on both ends of the court. That's why Texas won. I'm just the other excuse that come on. You're looking for reasons. You're looking for reasons to say that Texas, well, they don't deserve anything. Oh, come on. Come on. Don't, don't be the, don't be the mopey guy. It's Wednesday. We gotta, we gotta be positive on a Wednesday. Keep the kids through the week. It's hump day. Not a lot else is going right for everybody. Bo Davis is walking away. You gotta be positive when you get a win. Be positive. Uh, Bo, D- Bo Davis leaving is such underrated news. This is a huge loss for us. I agree. It is a big loss, and it's going to depend on uh, what Texas can do to replace him. That's re- the reality of it is uh, what can Texas do to replace him? If you get a Freddie Roach from Alabama, it is a huge loss, but you are replacing him with somebody that has NFL, that has put many people into the NFL. If Texas uh, gets, if Texas does not get Freddie Roach, and if Dabo Sweeney from Clemson, takes the Alabama job, which I'm just, it's a, it's a name that's been speculated around Alabama. Of course, this news broke during the show. I've not researched who they've talked to. Uh, I don't know if they've talked to anybody, but Dabo is somebody that's name comes up a lot. Uh, with Alabama talks that he may be the successor to Nick Saban. If you put him in there, well, Clemson, they've produced tons of defensive line talent as well. So there's some other guys that may become available now at the defensive line position. Uh, it's not going to be Bo Davis. What he meant to the program, the Iowa State uh, bus, all that, like he meant a lot to get to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy to get them to a point where that run defense made it so you could dominate at the end and win a Big 12 title. Bo Davis is huge for this team. But you have to have that next man up mentality. You have to have that, okay, we got to go take the next thing. You have to have that kind of thought process. Uh, they won They won because the ref forgot what traveling is. Ha <laughs> ha. Blind long fan. Look, I know that there was two plays in there where it was close to a travel. Don't decide a game on that. Don't decide a game on that uh, because those big guys also shuffle their feet tons throughout the game. It is what it is. Uh, neither, neither one of those should have been travels. If you're talking about the play I think you're talking about, uh, I, I, neither one of those should have been travels. They were they were close plays. Dylan DeSue was definitely tired at the end of that game. That's for sure. Can we talk more about Akeem working Robinson? Absolutely not. Texter. No, we cannot. Uh, RT1 with Beards players. Look, if you want to hate Rodney Terry, go ahead. Rodney Terry recruited every single one of those players. Every one of those players stayed with Rodney Terry. Arterio Morris, Rowan Brombach were the only two guys who walked away after this season. It, you, I, I get you don't like Rodney Terry, and you can, you can hate Rodney Terry all you want. Don't be a Texas fan and then hate whoever they hire because he's not your guy. I, like Again, I'll say I like Chris Beard. I hated his offense. I hated his offense. His defense was, was top-notch. I hated his offense. So there was problems with that Texas team. I don't think that Texas team with Chris Beard as coach was going to win pretty much anything because that offense sucked. Now, it may have gotten better as the season went on. Rodney Terry was an assistant. They could have all worked on it that way, but that offense was horrid what Chris Beard had. It was just not good. And they kept trying to bring in more guys to help, and it wasn't helping. I don't want to badmouth Chris Beard, though, because his defense was amazing. And in the Big 12, you need that a lot. You know, we'll be playing Chris Beard again. He's, he's in the SEC. We're going to the SEC. We'll meet up with him again soon. But don't, I, don't hate on Rodney Terry because he's not the most, like, walk out and I'll go have a beer with you guy. I think that's what it is. Like, that's the only thing I can think about for Rodney that people don't like is that he's not a, hey, man, I'm going out and hanging with the students and I'm doing that. 
It, but he, he look, I mean, all his players fight for him, man. I just don't get it. I don't get the hatred for him. Again, and the whole he won with his play, like that team, the team from when Ronnie Terry took over. Believe me, I by, by the way, I was at every game for the last three seasons, courtside, every home game. I watched every game. I'm I'm with you. I, I I've watched all these games. They were not the same team. Dylan DeSue wasn't the guy. Serge Barry Rice wasn't the guy until they got in the tournament. Those guys weren't playing at the levels they were, and they weren't the team wasn't the team that we saw in the tournament that made an elite eight run. That team wasn't Chris Beard's team. They were the players, but that wasn't the same team that I'd watched all season. That was a different team that came in and played at the end of that year. That's all I'll say. Uh, has Sark uh, has Sark Reyes been uh, Reyes been pushed through yet? No, not yet. But I guarantee his negotiating and his agents are working on it right now, uh, getting up there. Uh, Chan, <laughs> PD love the passion. I like. I get it. Uh, I also. Uh, uh, the the bow is a huge loss. He is, he is, and we'll see with the recruits. I normally anybody who's already signed, it's going to be harder for them to get out, but they could. Uh, I think they're probably going to worry about some other things first. Uh, not Texas, but LSU. I know. I don't know if they're going to immediately try and steal all the recruits that Bo Davis had. Uh, it's kind of hard to recruit them and go. Oh, by the way, all this stuff I told you about Texas—that's all lies. LSU is great, and you still trust the guy. That becomes harder. But if you're going to coach, if you just want to play for the guy, then maybe someone will go over there. May hit somebody in the transfer portal. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't dislike UT basketball because of Rodney Terry. I dislike all UT sports in general. Red Raider here. Hello, but good point. They did miss a key one right at the end. All I'm saying is you got to make free throws. I do like your station and content, even as you hate to hear though. So prop to him. Uh, thank you for at least be honest and say you're UT. I need to label your thing, UT hater, so I know that you are a UT hater. But no, it's just those takes is <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me that people still will just look at Ryan's and every win Rodney Terry has is for some excuse, and every loss is because Rodney Terry's a bad coach. And that's it's just a crazy thought that people go into that have the exact same different energy, the exact opposite energy for for other coaches, and it boggles my mind because I you know I try and watch the game and you try and go in and see it, and if you're a Texas fan, I get for this guy he's a Red Raider fan, then yeah, then yeah, if you're a Red Raider fan. Then you, but look, if you're a Red Raider fan, don't you want Texas to be good? Because you already beat us once. I think you'd be like, yeah, you know what? Texas is pretty good. This is a good team. We beat them. And I'll tell you, Texas Tech is not as bad as people are making it out that we lost to Texas Tech, the lowly Texas Tech. That's going to be a decent team. The Big 12 is a good conference. <laughs> and Texas says uh, the bus ranch will go down forever in Texas history. Uh, and uh, they put chili on their spaghetti in Cincinnati. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that, that that was the other part is watching that game was tough because I'm so used to this is spoiled entitled Texas fan for you here that I'm so used to either watching basketball games with Craig Way sitting directly next to me or actually Eddie Orton sitting next to me and then Craig Way and I'm literally talking with the breaks and that like so those that I'm used to watching that at every home game so I get really really homer in that way. And then I'm used to Lowell Glendo and, and Longhorn Network. So when you watch a broadcast that is pretty much a Cincinnati broadcast, it was a little, it was a little humbling. It was a little humbling to watch that and be like, come on, man. But it, I, even the, the color commentary guy who can't remember who it was last night, uh, he, he at points in the game was trying to be like, man, it's just a good game. Like, let's, let's call it even here. Let's have a good game. So, but it was a, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, and I don't see how you're all still ranked ahead of us. Yeah, we're ranked ahead of us for Texas, man. You know that. You know. 
if you want to have some more hate in your heart. No, look, Texas was projected. The reality is if you project a team to do really well and you're still voting, you're going to vote them better because you don't want to look like a complete idiot right away. So you're going to be like, let's try and stretch this out as far as you can. Texas, people thought was going to be a really dominant team coming out this season after an Elite Eight run. They thought Max Acemas was going to be playing at a little bit higher level than he is. Uh, and I think that's really where they kind of thought Tyrese Hunter and Max Acemas were going to be putting up a combined 40 a game, which is a lot, but like 35, 40 a game from those guys. And when they do, Texas plays really well, but that's an, uh, but they're just not able to do that. That's not kind of the style of offense they always play. They want to go more inside out. Uh, and, I mean, we saw last night too, Caden Shedrick was out in that game. He's going to have to be able to step up into a role, and Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue are going to have to be able to play together. And where Brock Cunningham falls into that, because he's been a big piece of the glue guy and everything else, love Brock Cunningham, but where does he fall in when those guys, and how many of them can you have on the court at the same time and keep your guards out there? Kendall Weaver is playing great defense, so it's hard to put him on the bench and you know take away his minutes. Zerico Minima came back uh, last night, and Yema played a big game where with Shedrick out, he played well against some bigs to, you know, get some energy and intensity, what we talked about earlier, all those things. All right. Uh, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk some NFL right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the sports complex here on the Horn, but we all week for his birthday on Monday. Man, that is uh it's been a it's been a busy day of news. It has been a busy day of news. I really did not think Pete Carroll stepping down would have been topped, or Bo Davis leaving would have been top, but Nick Saban retiring definitely takes the top line there on the text line. Uh, 512-447-3776 is the text line if you want to join the conversation about Saban, about Bo Davis, about Pete Carroll, about the NFL, where you want to see coaches go in the NFL. The fact that Mike McCarthy's job's not safe, the fact that Seattle is now open, maybe Dan Quinn's heading out, all of those things. Uh, it's going to be a... It's going to be a crazier and crazier offseason as we go. I did just, I'm reading the stuff during the break too, trying to get up as much as I can. I, you know, we're, we forget, but the transfer portal is now open for 30 days for Alabama because the head coach is leaving. If Jim Harbaugh takes an NFL job, that is a transfer portal for 30 days. And you could have Alabama and Michigan players both possibly hitting that transfer portal, both trying to look for new positions. So all these other schools, 
And if you're a Texas and you need some veteran help and you need some more people to come in and you're going to the SEC, you're going to start a new, this could be, this could be good stuff for Texas. Now, I'm not saying it will be. Who knows where everybody goes? It could be bad. It could be that Ole Miss and, and LSU and, and everybody gets a bunch of really good players and Texas walks into a power-loaded SEC. It could be that no one transfers out of either and Alabama's still the powerhouse team. It is annoying that Oklahoma gets in Alabama without Nick Saban. I just realized that. That's annoying. We got to play Georgia next year. Kirby Smart, is he retiring too? Can we get Kirby Smart out of there? But, uh, but transfer portals. Uh, is now over 30 days uh, for Alabama. And if Jim Harbaugh goes off, we'll talk some NFL and talk that coaching carousel in the NFL. That's, you know, that could be two massive positions in a lot of NIL money moving around a lot of transfer because who's going to take the job? Is it Dabo Sweeney? If it's Dabo Sweeney, does he come in and understand how the NIL is working? And is he, is he able to get guys that are maybe in the transfer portal that didn't go to Clemson and get them to stay? It's going to be a lot of questions to be asked there. Uh, looking at the NFL now, too, the, of course, a big story coming out of the NFL today. Uh, as much as people were shocked about the Mike Vrabel firing, uh, that Mike Vrabel was was fired. And, and, and look, fired feels like the wrong word. It is he was fired because they, they relieved him of his duties. Uh, but as much as there was shock in that, one and eight against division opponents – the last two, like that's the number. You can't have that number. You can't lose to all of your rivals and, and keep your job. And I get that Mike Rabel's a really good coach. And I think given the right position and where he lands, he's going to have a really good another run as a coach because he is a really good coach. He's a good person, good coach, no, nothing bad about him. He's a scary one to look at in, in college coaching. That, you know, if you're a Michigan, and I know he's an Ohio State guy, so Michigan's probably off the table. But you know, if you look over there, is that somebody who may uh, enter in a position, or, or, or Alabama? Do you start to look at him, maybe? But I, I, you know, Mike Vrabel, you see that. I don't think it was that shocking that we saw he had a lot of success with with Arthur Smith at, at the the offensive coordinator, and he could never hire another offensive coordinator who could make it work. Couldn't find his quarterback. Couldn't you know the running back? The running game went downhill. A lot of things went downhill. He wasn't able to get new, but wasn't able to get the vision to go forward. And uh, they kind of stalled out. And, you know, you could have kept him, but I don't know if that position of keeping guys, playoff appearances aren't enough to keep you in the NFL. Like, you need Super Bowl wins. It's like in college football. If, you know, if you, you know, you need national champion, and that'll only take you so far. You know, just getting to the college football playoffs is great for Sark, but if he's only in the college football playoffs and never wins one, in six, seven years, they had a rough patch. I don't know if they keep him. You know, it's just a different world. Uh, so for Mike Vrabel, it's just shocking. But Pete Carroll uh, announced today that he is stepping down. He, well, he's he's moving up, apparently. He's kind of doing the Bruce Arians thing where he's moving into an advisor role and in a different role with the organization. But it does leave open the Seattle job. Uh, I have not seen that they have listed anybody they have gone and talked to. But for Cowboys fans, it may be a little bit scary that you have a coach now in in Pete Carroll or in Dan Quinn, that feels like that may be a job that he's been waiting for to get open and a job that he may come back to Seattle and that may be a place and Dan Quinn may go back there and, and try and build Legion of Boom 2.0. He may go try and rebuild that and rebuild that team. And if he does that, how much of this defensive staff does he take? How many of these defensive players does he take? And even if you're doing well, does Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy still your head coach and you move on and 
I mean, how does that continue to work? Does your defense play at that level? Does Micah Parsons want to re-sign with Dallas when he's not getting respected? We'll get into that in a minute, too. But we look at that, and look, we can put also, if we look at an interview request, uh, Dan Quinn's been interview requested from the Panthers so far, uh, the Chargers, the uh, the Red, uh, the Commanders, sorry, uh, he's been asked at all of those. He's been asked by the Titans, who haven't asked almost anybody. The Titans have only asked Dan Quinn and Antonio Pierce. Those are the only two that they have asked so far uh, for permission. The Raiders, because they have not re-signed, made the decision on Antonio Pierce. They have not asked anywhere, but I'm sure they would. They'll be asking too, uh, and we figure Seattle will. So you have to look out there. It is interesting. The uh, the Panthers and their head coaching search. They have asked a lot of guys. They've asked Brian Callahan from the Bengals, uh, Dave Gannells from the Buccaneers, Ben Johnson from the Lions, Mike McDonald from the Ravens, Todd Munkin from the Ravens, Raheem Morris, another guy who's getting a lot of looks this year, the defensive coordinator for the Rams and what they've kind of rebuilt there. Uh, Dan Quinn everywhere, Frank Smith from the Dolphins, the offensive coordinator. Uh, a lot of players really like him as well. And Bobby Slug from the Texans even getting a look there because the Panthers know that they may not be the most sought-after place to be anymore that coaches may not want to go into a place that's in a full rebuild with possibly the quarterback without their top pick, and they've got to, got, they've got to figure out a way to make Bryce Young work because you have to make it work. You don't really have the wide receivers. You don't have the O-line. You don't have anything. You have maybe a quarterback, and you've got to do all this without your number one draft pick this year. Plus, you know that there's a real short leaf, leash on the because they keep firing coaches. There's a lot going on in that one. Uh, we also saw today that uh, Wink Martindale, finally the defensive coordinator for the Giants, uh, which they're of a down season. They still wanted to keep him. Apparently, Brian Dayball came in and uh, fired some guys on the staff. He got pissed off about it, said he was resigning. They came and said, don't let's let cooler heads prevail. And a couple of days later, they accept the resignation. He is moving on. They've got to find somebody. We know that the Bears came through and let go of basically most of their offensive staff. The Bears today let go of Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach, uh, Andrew uh, Ginoco, the receiver's coach, Tyler T- Tyke Tolbert, the running back's coach, Omar Young, the assistant tight end's coach, your assistant's tight end coach. It's the biggest time your name has been out there. I'll say your name, Tim Zetz. You made it out there. They're letting go of a lot of guys on this offense. And I think the Bears right now, because they're keeping Albert Flus, they're keeping him. They're keeping the Ikea in table of a coach. And look, the defense has stepped up, and, and they're saying they want to hire him a defensive coordinator too. They want to take more off his plate and make him a defensive, basically, play caller, make him that guy on the defense, uh, and then bring in some help on the offensive end. The question is, where do they go with this? Do they go down to the college ranks and look at what, uh, what Munkin has done? And I think they're going to look at the Ravens. And if we saw what the, the Brayers did a couple years ago or last year. They're playing the Ravens, and they kind of scout team, have Justin Fields do some things like Lamar, and they, they put some plays in. They go, well, why don't we just run some of these Ravens plays? Like, we'll just kind of run the stuff. It's in our scheme, but we'll make it we'll make it you know work for Justin Fields, but we'll kind of give him the Lamar Jackson treatment. And he starts to play a lot better. Part of that is because no one's expecting it. Part of that is it lets Justin Fields kind of just play by, by feel. And so I think they may be leaning full in on let's keep Justin Fields if we don't get the right offer. Or if we don't get the right offer on number one, we may take number one, but we're going to try and move this pick. Move this pick again. Get another guy for it. Get somebody else for it. Move, you know, 
We had the pick last year. We moved off of that. We feel it made us better when we did that. We're going to try and move off this pick again, get some more talent in there. We, you know, They made the trade for Montez Sweat and kept him and kind of rebuild in a different way than everybody thinks you are because you feel you have the guy in fields. Now you're going to have to make the decision on him and pay him, so that's a big question because you know, you're know you going to have to pick up that year five option. You're going to have to pick out if you're going to give him an extension. But I feel like they could be going in the let's make him the Raven, let's make us a Ravens 2.0, which I'm not a big fan of. Let's just copy. And I know it's a copycat league, but I think you have to copycat it and then put your own spin on it and make it work your way. If you just try and copycat something without the player, it's like everyone who tried to be the Patriots without Tom Brady. It didn't work out for anyone. I think you're going to try and be the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, and you're going to be doing it in Jamar, Lamar Jackson light and Justin Fields. I don't know if that's going to work out, but it feels like that's what they're going, and they may be going that way, that they have options that now if they want to take the number one pick and take Caleb Williams or take Drake May, if they want to take one of them, they can go ahead and take them and move Justin Fields off. And, you know, start with a new but a new offensive plan for them and just feel that the offensive staff has moved on. I'm curious to see who they hire. We'll know who they hire a position. will mean more about if they're going to trade that pick or not. And I think other people may be waiting on that one uh, as well. Uh, we also have seen, uh, but yeah, the big news, the big news today, Pete Carroll's gone. Nick Saban's gone. Uh, the coaching carousel continues to spin. Does Jim Harbaugh take a position? We still haven't heard about Antonio Pierce unless that news has just come out. We have not heard about Antonio Pierce yet. And know if he's going to be staying with the Raiders. The Titans apparently have interest in him as well. I want to see that Titans list start to grow. I mean, they're not as far into the coaching search as others, but that's why they wanted to get rid of him instead of trading him, is they wanted to uh, get him into a position where they felt that they could make a move and could interview guys before. You're also not going to be able to interview these coordinators until uh, the window opens up and the playoffs and all of that. So there is still a little bit of time, but I think, you know, we're, it's it's an interesting time with everything happening today. I'm trying to click my thoughts. It's a lot has gone down today. I do want to mention one more thing, that the NFL Players Association uh, put out their list of the all-pro guys for the NFL Players Association. So what the players assume are, have ranked the top guys uh, for position. And the, it's the, the players all pro first team is what they're calling it from the NFL Players Association. Uh, I can run you down these names. Quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. Running back is Christian McCaffrey. Fullback is Kyle Juszczyk. Not surprising no one uses the full, fullback. Wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb makes the list. Tyreek Hill makes that list. Tight end is Travis Kelsey. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Not a surprise there. Uh, left guard, uh, Joel Petonio. And Tyler Smith from Dallas actually makes that list. Tyler Smith, who a guy that a lot of people were not up on uh, being drafted, including my man Mike Harge. The great sound of that. I need to send him that sound so he can talk about this on his show. I appreciate him. I always like Mike Harge. Uh, Jason Kelsey gets the for the center. Amazing. That guy almost retired. He's still up there. Zach Martin, another cowboy in there. Lane Johnson for Philadelphia is your right tackle. On the other side, though, edge rusher. Miles Garrett from Cleveland and Max Crosby from Vegas. Those are two hard guys to argue with, but it does mean that if we're putting uh, Michael Parsons as an edge rusher, which is where I feel he belongs, where, where we're going to put him, I don't know if we're going to put him on an off-ball or uh, off-ball linebacker. I don't know if we put him there. The off-ball linebackers are Roquan Smith and Fred Warren. I think you put him as an edge rusher at this point. It's what he wants to get paid as. He doesn't make the list. Michael Parsons doesn't make the list. The guy who gets held as much as anybody, and I get Miles Garrett. I, I think that's the one guy, and I like Max Crosby a lot. I think Max Crosby is a really good player. But I don't know if I put him ahead of Micah Parsons on that list. But if you're a Cowboys fan, this has got to be good news. 
Because this doesn't mean anything in pay structure-wise. This doesn't mean anything. All this means is that Micah Parsons believes that all the players voted and they don't like him. And they don't want to talk to him and they don't want to put him on top of their list. And it's going to piss him off. By the way, on the list, Deron Bland also makes that list. Uh, Brandon Aubrey as well uh, from the Cowboys make that list. No Texans are on the list. Not surprising, but no Texans on the list. Uh but for, for Micah Parsons, anything you can get that locker board, that, that blackboard material in the locker room, and things that can piss him off just a little bit more when he's going to be going after Jordan Love and going after the Green Bay Packers and make him a little bit madder can't be bad for Cowboys fans. All right, let's take a quick break. Need to get a drink of water. We'll come back and wrap the show up here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 and twelve sixty, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, back here on the Sports Complex, wrapping things up. Forgot to do math before we started, before I played the music. Who knows? Who knows? Got to do things. Got to figure things out. You know, uh, it's, it's been a long day. I didn't notice this. My man Chip Brown pointed this out, though. That is crazy for Sark as well. We were joking about him getting paid and everything else. He regularly, readily credits Pete Carroll and Nick Saban for being two of his biggest mentors on the path to becoming a head coach, uh, both of them, in the same day. Stepping down. That is, uh, whose retirement party does Sark go to? If you got to pick between those two retirement parties, who do you go to? Do you go to Pete Carroll where you're like, that was kind of where I got my start and we win? But then, I mean, the coaching car wash with, uh, the coaching car wash with, with Saban, I got to, got to go through that one. And, you know, he kind of re- revived my career when I couldn't get a job. Nick Saban was one of the guys who helped me get it get started and get going again. And then if you go on the other side of Pete Carroll was the one who got me in the beginning and got me to where I needed to be. That's got to be crazy. It's, it's, I'm sure his phone is not stopped all day, but just that. And then also throwing the fact that he's got, you know, that he's got every Texas person freaked out that that job is now available. I, I look, I don't think he's going anywhere, but you know, who knows? It is a crazy, crazy world. We've seen that. Uh, with everything out there, text line still open. We got a couple minutes left. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Dexter says nine new players aren't going to uh, just going to gel amid, amidst great competition in early January. Hook them. I agree. It takes time, and it takes time. As I said earlier, I believe it that uh, you know, for guys coming to Texas to not understand uh, just how much that every game everyone hates you. Like, for Max Smith, he's at Oral Roberts. I don't know how many of those teams came in, and they want to beat you, and sure, in every game is a competition, but people were there actively. People are calling them, and people are just like, you have to beat Texas. They're the devil. And that's, you know, that kind of thought that other teams have. That's a thing. You have to deal with the Texas. 
And, you know, you can use that as a strength as you learn to as you learn to let it fortify your team, but it's gonna take time. Uh Arborhorn eighty one says, heck, if I was Sark, the first D line coach I would call is a D line coach at Michigan. Uh also, yes, uh SRV recorded with David Bowie on China Girl and Let's Dance. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Always a good piece of trivia there. And uh, Bo was great for the culture. Now let's get someone that will develop a better pass rush as UT's program ascends, position and coordinator attrition will happen. Look at Alabama and Georgia. Deal with it. Just like uh, with Jeff Choate, the linebackers coach going to Nevada. Hire another good one. UT's pay alone will attract top candidates. you got to get the right one. Uh, the, for the Nevada position, Mike Elston is the name of the uh, Nevada def- – or uh, not Nevada, uh, Michigan defensive coordinator. Uh, he is uh, – I don't know – how available he would be. He is also the recruiting coordinator for uh, for Michigan as well. But another name you're going to look at, and if Jim Harbaugh leaves, that's a name that you definitely think about because he'd be available. But also, Jim Harbaugh is not retiring. Jim Harbaugh will be going to the NFL and may take somebody with him. He may be taking some guys with him as well. Uh, Textrel says, no Nick Bosa. No, Nick Bosa was down on the list. Only two edge rushers. Miles Garrett kind of has to be on that list. It's the only guy I saw get a false start. Or a, a delay of game because he kept switching sides, which was crazy earlier this year. Uh, and then Max Crosby. That Max Crosby, I get it. He's really good. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Raiders too, but yeah, that's that's surprising. I guess he's just really liked within the circle as well. Though I think the players might like him a lot. Go have a cigar with him. He's kind of a crazy man. Uh, and, and Chan, I will have another drink of water. Yes, I always have my water with me. Uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take off. We'll be back tomorrow with more great sports content and hopefully more news like this today. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on more of the sports complex.